0: No, 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 no. I don't, no, I don't think so either. I, I'm no. not,
1: no, we're not gonna, no. Nope, no.
0: I, I don't feel we need to give this any sort of creativity. They no. didn't give us any. Nope,
1: nope, j- you know what, it's, just, no, it, j- just fucking hit the theme music. Come do on, it. do, it. do go. it, go, go, go. milosh. You know when I pick up a beat, that's when I'm on the pressure now,
2: the question of Come back to me. What were they thinking now? Whoa, what were they thinking?
1: What were they
0: thinking? Fuck! Did I did I hit the music at the right time for you, <laughs> Mr. Brendan? You got it. Oh, thank you for letting me be part of production. Ugh.
1: You are a mad god amongst men. I'm sorry, Milosh. I've got no enthusiasm left in my body. Oh, it's is okay? This movie is god awful. It's Ugh. worse than turnip juice. Did you, did you lock, did you lock Nathan out of the studio again? No. Okay, okay. Let him in. Oh, okay. Milos. I know. What?
0: Weird how I was able to record that part of the opening with you before he locked me out. He must have shoved you out the door. You You have... He's... For a small Eastern European man, he has the strength of ten. <laughs> and how? Right. Well, most of the strength is in the mustache. It's like Samson. <laughs> It's it's a sad day <laughs>
1: Yes, yes it is It's a very sad day um, Okay, so you heard our names, I'm Brendan I'm Nathan And this is What Were They Thinking, where we talk about bad to questionable movies And usually, you know, it's a jolly fun time But I think uh, I think this week really, uh, really, really fuck, fucked us over here
0: <laughs> Yeah, no, this one's definitely going in the uh, Nick Fury muck postal file
1: Yeah so, you know, to round out this uh, 2019 roundup, <laughs> just <laughs> destroyed right now, uh, we were talking about the haunting of Sharon Tate. Mm-hmm. But fear not, Nathan, we are not in our misery alone. That's okay. a sentence, right? So
0: we got some company for we got our misery?
1: Co- for our misery, our misery has some company. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you heard her first on the episode on the Dark Tower Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, Amanda, who is also a Jedi.
3: What's up? Thanks for having me, guys. This is, like, my favorite movie ever.
1: (laughs) So sorry we did this to you. (laughs) Oh, I did it to myself first. (laughs) Yeah. This
3: was originally supposed to be... Hellboy. Hellboy. And then he asked, is The Haunting of Sharon Tate worse than Hellboy? And I said, oh boy.
1: Is it ever? Is it ever.
3: It's it's just worse in every conceivable way.
1: Did it make its way into theaters... Well, Nathan, I'm glad you asked that, because I don't know how much this movie cost. I'm going to assume $10, but... <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure it was a big hit if that's the case, but um, why, don't you, uh, why don't you... How much do you think it made? I don't know. eight
0: ninety nine a
1: month? It's on <laughs> Amazon. It did have a limited theatrical run, uh, okay. maybe, like, 20-something, 30-something theaters. Okay. It... Managed. So they could get that Oscar contention? Yeah, you got to you got to get it in. He had
3: to compete with Tarantino. Like. Right? Yeah.
1: You got to get you got to get Hillary Duff in the minds of the Academy. <laughs> so this movie made a grand total of 19,717. dollars Wow.
3: Which is a lot.
1: That is if, a lot more than if you've
3: seen the movie.
1: It's a lot more than The Fanatic. Which is fair, which made like what 3,000, so Yeah. This is, um, now the way I first heard about this movie was actually because of you, Amanda. Yeah, I'm (laughs) sorry. (laughs) How dare you? Um, but she, you did a YouTube video on this Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, I didn't know this existed. In fact, when I saw that you had a video on this, I was like, oh, is that the alternate title for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood?
3: No, no. It is just an atrocious, atrocious movie, uh, by a man who thinks he's doing some kind of justification for victims and the horrific crimes they've suffered uh, and somehow manages to turn it into something about him and uh, to the point that uh, the main reason why I even made a video about it was because they were manually tracking down videos that either mention the movie or reviewed the movie, and if they were negative, they were claiming, they were copyright claiming the videos on YouTube, uh, and they even did it to one of my friend's video, when he wasn't even talking about it specifically, he mentioned it in passing, at the halfway mark of his video. Like, oh. that's dedication to trying to, like, drown out negative reviews about your fucking movie.
0: Well, I, you don't, take,
1: I don't feel that that would be
0: a successful tact. <laughs>
1: no, especially if... I mean, you found out about it. So if anyone knew that they were doing that, that's even worse.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I made a video specifically titled something like this movie is so horrible that the studio is hunting down bad reviews. (laughs) I'm wondering
0: if if they did that not only... Not necessarily as an attempt to drown out the negativity, but to actually draw attention to how bad it is, hoping to drum up the it's so bad, it's a great crowd.
3: That's not the direction the director is going in for that movie, though, so that's why I kind of question that logic, because he really loves what he makes, and he thinks he's making really good and important movies. Like, this isn't just someone being like, this is something I can exploit, (laughs)
1: <laughs> he he is slightly more mainstream Neil Breen, Nathan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay.
3: Like, he continuously says things like, I'm making these movies to give power back to the victims.
1: Yeah, I'm making this schlocky horror movie that really no. has nothing to do with uh, Sharon Tate, really, when you boil it down. And it also has some pretty
0: insensitive dialogue in Absolutely. it, too. <laughs> hmm yeah.
1: Because
3: I like the big thing is that he even sent uh, a letter
0: yeah. to Deborah Tate,
3: to, to her, her sister, uh, Sharon's <sighs> sister, talking about why it wasn't actually as insulting as people were making it out to be. But the whole letter just turned into something about him and how he was born months after the murders and how it marked <laughs> his life. And I was like, dude, pull yeah. it back a little bit. Yeah,
1: it was it, it was all bad. It was Very all bad. bad. Yeah, Deborah Tate didn't care for this movie. Uh, when at the same time, I mean, I do want I, we're going to dive into this movie. Just going to give a little bit of context before we get into this. <laughs> but uh, Deborah Tate didn't care for this movie. I, one little bitch no. didn't care. Didn't care for the letter. <laughs> uh, and in in compar- for comparison, for comparison's sakes, uh, when Quentin Tarantino made Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, she actually he actually went to her to sign off on it, mm-hmm. and she the only thing she asked him, I believe, was to not release it. Uh, on the anniversary of Sharon Tate's death, and then I, I, she said the script. She liked the script, and yeah. she was okay with the movie. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Oh, but the haunting of Sharon Tate, guys. Let's let's fucking do this. <laughs> uh, okay, if we must. I, I I gotta say that this this movie taking itself super seriously is clear to me right from the get go because we start with a fucking Edgar Allan Poe quote. Right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> is all that we see or seem, but a dream within a dream. Well, actually,
0: before we get the Edgar Allan Poe quote, we find out that this is a Saban production. Yeah. I was super disappointed that there were no, <laughs> no
1: VR troopers in this movie. <laughs> oh, Saban, Power Rangers. That would have been such a great crossover. Yeah. That's how Sharon sure and Tate got out. Exactly. <laughs> Power, Power Rangers. Rangers showed up. <laughs> Ay 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 ay! Rangers, the Manson family strikes. Okay,
0: let's let's try not to be as disrespectful as this movie was.
1: They started it. They they did. <laughs> oh, Thursday, August first, nineteen sixty-eight. Hmm. Oh, we meet man. Sharon Tate, played exquisitely by Hilary Duff.
3: Like, my childhood gone right out the window right there. <laughs>
1: Who, I I gotta note that her performance as Sharon Tate, especially when you compare it against Margot Robbie, it's like watching, like, a high school play. <laughs>
3: Absolutely. Like, like 100%. You're trying to save my baby! <laughs>
1: uh, the, uh, the, uh, yeah, the acting across the board is, like, uh, amateur at best. Which is can... kind of a shame. I mean, I don't
0: know how much of that is the actual acting choices or the director by the sounds of it. He's probably pretty loony. Well,
1: <laughs> I'm going to put a little bit of the blame on Hillary Duff because okay. she is the executive producer. Oh, <laughs> all right, then. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice try, Duff. Now,
0: it's, it's been a bit since she's done stuff, and mm-hmm. I, I think she has... Done like I don't know grown up esque movies, but was this some sort of weird attempt to to shed that squeaky clean image of hers? I guess I like... don't
3: think so because they're literally going back to Lizzie McGuire right now. Like that's what she's currently working on is the Lizzie McGuire reboot.
0: <laughs> okay, I
3: I don't I don't know because I asked the same question because in his follow up movie, the murder of Nicole Brown Simpson, oh they got Jesus. Mina Savari,
1: yeah, who was like.
3: <laughs> American Beauty, American Pie, like very well known actress, but uh, I heard that that has more to do that she just can't get work anymore because of like some Weinstein Weinstein stuff.
1: Yeah, Duff doesn't have
3: that excuse. No, I don't know. I think that she might have actually fallen for the whole "we're giving power back to the victims" and somehow Uh... they convinced her that like yes, this is a good idea.
1: You should also give us money. (laughs) This is
3: not insulting. Yeah, honestly.
1: (laughs) But we start off with the premise that Sharon Tate. You see, she had these visions. She had these (laughs) visions that she was going to get... Her and her friends were going to get murdered by the Manson family. Uh, (laughs) That's the first thing right off the bat. It's like, fuck you. Fuck you. (laughs) If this is a movie about just random stock characters and that's your premise, okay, whatever, it's stupid, move on. But the fact that he tries to like rewrite history with this bullshit... Yeah. It's like, come on. I I feel... uh, just, Just let everybody
0: in the audience know get prepared there's probably going to be a lot of
1: exacerbated size from me cuz this movie yeah like like you t- like you told me as you were watching it this was the longest 90 minutes of my life <laughs> just
0: about or the one the one i can remember the most recent anyways
1: <laughs> uh, we get a lot of news footage of the bodies we get real footage cuz that's
3: i find that the most insulting yeah. is his insistence on using like actual victim footage yeah. In a movie that just really kind of exploits the whole situation,
1: which makes it, but it does end up giving us one hilarious moment later when Sharon Tate is remembering her wedding, and they cut to real footage of which she looks nothing, nothing like, only. nothing at all. Yep. all. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so people who don't know much about it are just like, why are we watching this random couple? <laughs> They, ju- they couldn't They could have got, like, some guy to just stand in as Roman Polanski for that one little flashback. No, that would have been insulting. Uh, yeah, you don't <laughs> want to insult the legacy of Roman Polanski. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> He's held in such high regard.
1: <laughs> and then after all this footage of the murders, we do pan around the house for approximately 48 hours.
0: Yes, the murder tour of the Star's Homes. Jesus. Did you and... notice the, the name of the person doing the music on this thing? No phantom
1: oh yeah Phantom with, with an f, an f. Yeah, with yeah. yeah so you know it's legit yeah it's like sounds like someone dario argento would hire to do like a <laughs> dawn of the dead european cut or something
0: <laughs> not pretentious in any way shape or form
1: not at uh, all at least he we, makes good movies though i suppose. yeah there's that <laughs> <laughs> three days earlier uh-huh. uh sharon tate Arrives to the house with her friend J.C. Bring. Oh, guys. Oh, he's one of the victims. Oh. Played by John Bennett. Oh, yeah. Wait, John Bennett?
0: <laughs> no, Jonathan Bennett. Oh. Jonathan ben- <laughs> it's like weird casting. Also not alive. Not alive.
1: No. Uh, I mean, did the director be low enough to weekend at Bernie's John Bennett into this movie? <laughs>
3: So people are saying that it might be his next.
1: Oh. He's going to turn
3: the trilogy into a quadrilogy.
1: Oh, my God. The... the parents were zombies the whole time? Like, what is he going to do? Just... <laughs> uh... They did this
0: terrible, just vapid exchange between her and him. Oh, yeah,
1: because mm-hmm. he's like, he, um, uh, what do I know him from? Mean Girls.
3: He's in a few things, yeah. Yeah,
1: well, yeah. That's the thing I could, I the only thing I could think of at the top of my head, he's like Lindsay Lohan's boyfriend, right? He's like, and
0: he's... He he's a host on the Food Network or HGTV or some bullshit.
1: Okay, so better things than this.
0: Yes, considerably.
1: Um, yeah, no. This dialogue between them is fucking terrible. It's it's it doesn't even feel like they wrote anything down cause she and she's like something like, "Oh, you used to date me, and oh, I uh, know you don't just do your hair, your clients' hair. <laughs> well, how do you think I make my clients happy?" <laughs>
0: Fantastic! Power Thanks.
1: back to the victims.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. By, by implying t- that he stoops his uh, his clients.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm gonna save that as a clip <laughs> and just start inserting it every five minutes into this yeah. <laughs> podcast. You have to. <laughs> That's the theme of this goddamn movie. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, she. We meet. We meet her. Her other friends. Uh, a- Abigail Folger. Was the um, heiress to the Folger company.
0: You know, that's what we could have done for the start of this if we wanted to be super insulting. We could have said, this week, what were they thinking is brought to you by Folgers. (laughs) Good to the last drop. Wait, that's Maxwell
1: House. (laughs) Oh my god. Um, And then a guy who I kept not being able to understand his name, so I just wrote down void check. I'm sure, <laughs> what Void his che- actual name was? Vojtech or something like that. Yeah, it sounded yeah. like Vojtech. I'm sure it's it's a real person, but you know what? Since yes, he was one of the victims. The <laughs> director didn't make an effort. Neither am I. Oh God. <laughs> um, and I don't know. They're not.
0: Are they really? Are they her friends or are they Roman's friends? Because I think they're she more gets Roman's quite, friends. Yeah, she gets quite up in arms about the whole thing because they finished
1: the nursery. <laughs> well like, he must be roman's friend because he gets really fresh with her without her consent so <laughs> uh
0: yes.
1: but yeah and, and then we find out that uh they're very disappointed that roman is not there because he's out promoting day of the dolphin which i don't Never know got released uh, mm, he wasn't promoting it he was trying to finish he it was trying to finish it was day of the dolphin not made by someone else i'm pretty sure I, I he never that, finished it. He never finished it, but I think someone else made it. Cause I remember, like, I think George C. Scott or something was in it.
3: Did
1: they? Orson Welles. They do make fun of Orson Welles's ass because, hey guys, we're it's history, right? We got to make some references to current people.
3: <laughs> Mike Nichols finished
1: it. Yeah, Mike Nichols. It is. It is, it it is a movie. Go. Okay. Wait, hmm. the director of The Graduate made Day of the Dolphin. Yes. Finished it. <laughs> finished. <laughs> i never would i think a title like day of the dolphin was a roman polanski uh mike nichols collaboration <laughs> but yeah so this is this is a reoccurring thing in this movie too is there's a lot of sitting around and talking yep yes um they're smoking and drinking and the void check starts talking about how he met roman at a party or something about how he was a troublemaker and Roman was like I respect you and he got well, to make his first the first movie
0: if I remember the the story was the, this void check fellow was trying to get into a school dance right and, and Roman was uh, like a school monitor or something trying so, to keep him out so it was a middle school dance I guess <laughs> that's what you're saying <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that's that's it that's that you know that's that he calls him a dwarf I mean if that
1: is, you know, any more insulting? So. Yeah, besides, we all know who the real dwarf is. It's Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Tiptoes, better movie. Not on our podcast. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they start talking about... Uh, they, they just start talking about nonsense, like nothing. And uh, Sharon then... Oh, my God, this comes up three... I think, like, two or three times. She's like, do you think, like... Do you believe in fate... Do you think, like, the smallest decisions can change oh, the course fuck. of everything? <laughs> and
3: just <laughs> constant.
1: Because just, that's a thing you just casually say, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well,
1: <laughs> hippies in the 60s, right? Yeah, but there's no, like, lead up to it at all. Yeah, but
3: they don't think about choices. They're hippies in the 60s. <laughs> They're just like, we're just floating around, man. Like,
0: <laughs> choices, and, is an choices illusion. illusions. Yeah. I feel like this is where they just really start kicking in with the insensitive dialogue super early because Folger says, uh, ah, "Your wife's work, your sorry, your life is working out
1: exactly how it's supposed to, mm-hmm. and your uh, baby is gonna be just fine, just fine." Uh, we also have uh, Sharon is uh, confiding in Jay that she thinks Roman is having another affair. Um, and then Mm he said, he pretends to love me and he just lies to me or he just lies (laughs) to me and I believe him. That's our relationship. And I think the sister was pretty upset about that too, because I mean, Roman Polanski, not a good guy, obviously, but I think she was mad because she said that they actually really loved each other. Like she was. Oh, a, okay.
3: I think that was definitely one of the the contributing things. Yeah, they was, just took a lot of liberties of like things that might have been revealed or slogged out after the murders and put it as something that like the characters in the moment would have been aware of.
2: Hmm.
1: So it's almost yeah. It's like yeah, he's an awful person, but <laughs> <laughs> I think I think there was some genuine affection. I think that that stuff that happened happened after anyway, didn't it? Did Yeah. It not? yeah. Oh yeah. So they find some like weird Ouija thing in the cupboard yeah it's called like kabbalah or something yeah the kabbalah like yeah. the, the the religion of madonna um and they start like and they start playing with it and they start going like and this is another like fucking uh driving at home like well it's it, it's weird too because it's it's supposed to be a ouija
0: board mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. thing couldn't it's get the just, but it's a yeah I think that's because doesn't Milton Bradley or one of those game companies own the rights to that game?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is really shocking when you consider the fact that they okayed like two Ouija movies, but wouldn't this movie. The second one was really good. I know the second one was really good, but that means they let them make a second one after, they made the first one, and they couldn't get the rights to use it in this.
1: They called up Milton Bradley, and they were like, "No, no, I don't no. think so." <laughs> God no! Oh, get out! <laughs> but I think this was a real game, wasn't it? It it might have been, but it looked like the it was bought at a fucking dollar store. Well, it's supposed to look aged. So. Mm. but they they this is like the thing where they're they're like they're um they're spinning it and it's they're like oh is she gonna have a beautiful baby girl and it's like no and they're like oh you're gonna have a boy and then they go is Sharon gonna have a long life? And then as it's about to spin, they get a knock on the door. And I guess it's Charlie Manson. Mm. Just like, hey, what's up? (laughs) Yeah. And then he leaves. But as Sharon turns around to see who it is, it lands on no. And the reaction from the friends is almost as if they're like, holy shit, this is like legally binding.
3: Like, (laughs) you're going to die now.
1: (laughs) They're all of a sudden like, this is for real. After they were just like laughing and joking about it.
0: Yeah. Oh and it was it was legitimately uh, a game mm. oh, okay
1: yep gotcha well okay you get a, a point I guess <laughs> movie <laughs> and then several minus several million for a several
0: yeah. several yes
1: yeah so Charlie is sent away um now we get Sharon. In bed, which there was a shot that kind of looked like it looked like something out of Paranormal Activity. Like it looked really awful. Yes. <laughs> like in that movie, it's supposed to look not great.
3: Yeah, so that's like its whole shtick.
1: Right, but yeah. in this one, it's like no, that just looks like a horrible shot. Yeah, it's, like, filmed really terribly. Um, but Sharon is like wandering through the house for what seems like a million years.
0: Well, she gets woken up because her friends are like banging super loud.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: it's a horror. Movie. And then you have to
0: check that off, <laughs> right. That's right. And those this, this are like the strangers are in the window at one point.
1: Yeah, the str- Yeah, they might as well be right. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, no. And this, I think, this is when the uh, someone drops off an envelope. Yes, and uh, Voidcheck is all like, "Get out of here!" And they <laughs> Sharon, <laughs> Sharon is like, "I want everyone off the property that shouldn't be here." And it's it's just it's so much filler. There's so much filler in this movie. Speaking of, we get the first of gajillion
0: drone shots. <laughs> yeah. I'm to so like, justify like, we... the
3: fact that we spent five grand on this. <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> we paid for the drone. We might as well use it. Exactly. I, at first, I actually was like, oh, helicopter. No, that's a drone. <laughs> 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 Just rented it for the day. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, so are you referring to this uh, scene where Sharon and uh, Abigail are taking a walk? Oh, and, and uh, did you find
0: in this that the audio seemed like it was 80 yard.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Especially okay. Abigail. Like, whenever she spoke, it did not sound like it was it matching was, up with. Yeah. yeah.
3: Like,
0: the. The lip syncing was fine, but it did not have the
1: sound quality of them talking outside. No, it sounded like they were in a room, like they were yeah. in a podcast studio. <laughs> My guess is that
3: they very well could have, like, recorded outside, and then they had, like, too much background noise that they didn't know how to deal with. <laughs> and then had to just reshoot what they said in a studio and just sync it up.
1: Didn't, didn't try to match the, the uh, where the, they were in the location or anything. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Daniel Ferrand's filmmaker. <laughs> Um, and this is where we learn that Abigail's like, look, I've cut off all outside connections. Just focus on your baby. And Sharon is a little bit indignant. Like I'm not a, what she says, I'm not like a, does she say invalid?
3: I think she does. Yeah. She says like, I'm
1: not an invalid. I can deal with this. And then we meet two of the Manson family followers. Mm -hmm. uh, Two ladies. Yeah. (laughs) And just give these like looks and then just keep walking.
3: (laughs) It's like school bullies. Like yeah. The school group being like, "You're next." And then just
1: keep going. And I guess we're supposed to be like, "Oh shit, it begins," but like nobody cares. No. <laughs> right. Um they do however come across a Sharon Tate's dog who has been viciously ripped apart. I wrote down, "Do did we need 68 shots of that?" No, no it was excessive. Like, no. like it was like shot like when we saw the dog, it was shot like a fucking rave video. Like <laughs> it.
0: Two murdered dogs in a row for us here.
1: Right. And I mean, I last guess, week as well. I guess a kid last week too. Yeah, technically. Yeah. yeah, I suppose. Uh, but uh, after they see the dog, they go back. We meet uh, another gentleman staying on the lot named Stephen Parent. Mm-hmm. Uh I thought his performance was kind of crazy. I don't know He's what about. I don't know what it was, but it just didn't seem natural at all.
3: He seemed like the only person who was from the present who had been sent back to the past to like deal with the situation or something. I had to be like, Sharon has <laughs> to figure it out for herself.
0: Sorry, Doctor Sam Beckett. You're not leaping
1: this time. I can't. I can't change your fate. I can only help <laughs> her. Help guide her. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Also, like everyone in this movie. Feels like um, contemporary, like modern. Like yes. they don't, they don't feel like they're in the '60s.
3: No, it's like they they give. I feel like Duff even has... seems like she gets like a southern drawl.
1: At one point, yeah, I noticed yeah. that too.
3: And it's like, is that your way of trying to make her sound like she's from 1969? Like you have to give them a the southern drawl in Los Angeles? Like
1: you see, fifty years ago, everybody was from the south. <laughs>
3: Los Angeles
1: is south. Yeah, Los Angeles moved uh from Texas to Los Angeles. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so that Stephen, this Stephen Parent gentleman is uh is uh, apparently there and he's like working on his car or something. I don't know. I just read that. The well, no, he's he's almost like a he's like a grounds groundskeeper keeper. type. Yeah, yeah,
0: slash mechanic. Well no, he's working on his car in his off
1: hours. Mm hmm. Um, I, I wrote down at this point that nothing has happened in 30 minutes. <laughs> really, when you boil it down. Well, no,
0: you got some bipolar friend strife, because at one point, she's like, I can't stand them being here. And then she's like, besties with Abigail again. And then she's mad at them again.
3: Yeah, it's like back and forth. And I know that they might just be like, pregnancy hormones, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's just excessive
1: Yeah Daniel Franz is like I'm no pregnant chicks Don't worry about it yeah. Or it's
3: almost like That they They might have filmed Out of order So it was like Right now you need to be Mad at them And then the next day It was like okay Now we're gonna do the ones Where you're not mad at them But then they all just Intersect in between One another
1: And they didn't yeah. take notes About what her emotions Were in each scene Yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, but then, then after all this, uh, Sharon has another another moment where she's wandering around the house and she hears a song sung by Charlie Manson. Let's use uh, a real Charlie Manson song. Great idea.
0: Well, Guns N' Roses did it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Guns N' Roses make better music than this movie. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was on the Spaghetti Incident, and it was a hidden track. So,
1: <laughs> jury's still out on better music. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she seemingly has a uh, uh, sort of a premonition here, right? Like yeah. she, I've, I wrote down that she has a premonition, but I don't remember what, exactly what happened. She like
3: starts listening to it, and it just starts giving her these like weird. It starts. She's like, and it kind of like somehow becomes a premonition while she's still looking at it playing. Like right. she just was, and it just. I don't know. It's just weird.
1: It's like pretty, pretty girl. And then it just it's like because rock like she- and roll is the devil's <laughs> yeah, music. Yeah, it's
3: almost kind of like she's having some kind of trip, like mm. like a, like, a <laughs>
1: list, like trip, but in the '60s. What you don't say. What no. Ooh. Uh, back at the pool, Sharon is telling telling Jay Sebring all about the- all about how she's upset that Voidcheck and Abigail are basically <laughs> taking over the house, right? And uh, and then and then. Casually brings up again Do you think you could alter your
0: own fate? And they talk about uh, Oh yeah and this is where he posits The idea of uh, Reliving your life Until you get it right Mm -hmm. Are we positing the idea that J.C. Bring
1: inadvertently inspired Groundhog's Day (laughs) That is Daniel Ferrand's theory You've cracked it Okay (laughs) Oh, God. Now he's going to make, like, a real-life Groundhog Day with Jay Sebring. Look what you've done, Nathan. <laughs> uh, but he does he does have a fucking line that made me roll my eyes so hard that my head almost hit the floor. Um, okay. When he says, anything's possible. you It's like we can rewrite our own scripts.
2: Do you think that we are slaves to our own destiny? This again. I mean... Do you think it's possible to alter the course of our fate? Or is our story just our book written before we're even born? I like to think that anything's possible. I think there's infinite choices, infinite realities. We're probably living out different versions of our own story for... Who knows? Probably forever. At least until we get it right. I guess in movie speak, it means we can... Rewrite our own scripts. Oh, no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But we always arrive in the same place. What? Okay, movie. Just kill someone. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry. I know this movie's about real people, but just do something. (laughs) Later that night, someone sneaks over to the door and slowly waves at Abigail while she's in bed, who for some reason just casually waves back. Just (laughs) nonplussed. Nonplussed about it. There, she goes into the award nomination for uh, September. (laughs) Um another girl finds Void check and points a gun at him. Mhm. But here's okay, so here's my question though. So this I mean spoiler alert, spoiler alert, this whole thing ends up being a premonition, right? This whole yeah, scene Yeah, it's here. a dream. Yeah. yeah. If it's Sharon's dream, why would we see what's happening in the other rooms?
3: You're asking for far too much logic for this man <laughs> in the lot. film that he created.
1: So, but but like I'm not missing something, right? That's a huge leap of logic. What yes, right?
0: it well, if it's a, if it's a dream premonition, maybe we're supposed to be seeing it as Sharon sees it in her head. But and I'm thing... really stretching here, yeah, I think I, was... I just pulled something. I was just out saying really. cuz she
1: wakes up after that and I'm like, yeah. "Uh, okay." <laughs> I was like well, cuz oh. yeah
0: there's the the ghost tape machine it goes on again cuz my question was cuz at first obviously I didn't realize that this was uh a premonition and was hoping against hope that we were rounding the <laughs> corner to the end of the movie 36 minutes in <laughs> I didn't check I was just like man please let that be the thing how did I was like how did that get reloaded <laughs> And then was like this is this brutal murder reenactment. I'm yeah. like, this
1: seems really excessive. Well, that's that's and that's the thing. It's mm-hmm. so schlocky and so like exploit exploitative.
3: Exploitative. Thank
1: you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's like. <laughs> Because that's where
3: Tarantino saved himself. It's the the murders never actually even reach the Tate house in his movie. It just completely shifts everything, and it's once upon a time. It's a fairy tale. Oh,
0: so it's kind of it kind of goes like in Glorious Bastards. Then
3: yeah, absolutely. Like that's what it is. It's it's an altered history thing, but it's like in the title, "Once Upon a Time in Hollywood." It's a it's a fairy tale. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. And And guys, 1960s Hollywood. Can't stress enough. If you want to see a good movie about Sharon Tate. Watch that one.
3: Yeah, like, that movie actually made me care about Sharon Tate as, like, a person, and yeah. as, like, a dimensional person that has, like, hopes and dreams. and. Um... A movie
1: about Sharon Tate shouldn't make us want to, shouldn't make us say, oh, just die already. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, uh, it's not, it's, <laughs> that's uh, that's the fault of the director. It is,
3: yeah, because, uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's why her sister didn't like
1: it, so. Uh, and... uh, yeah, 100%.
0: So, we, she wakes up the next day, and Vojcik uh, and Folger are have, making breakfast. Yeah. Why does she hallucinate the dead animal in the fridge?
1: I don't know what that
0: had to do with anything. It's
3: to add a jump scare. It's yeah. literally just to break up the monotony that you've experienced for the last 36 minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, because she doesn't see other dead animals, so it's not supposed to be tied into whatever psychic powers Sharon
1: Tate is supposed to have had. The only thing I could possibly think of that the director might have been thinking is that it had to do with her seeing her dog, but it wasn't a um, dog. It was a dog. <laughs> so exactly. It was like a squirrel or something. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, oh my god, it had a squirrel in the freezer. Oh, it's gone now. All right, uh, and moving on, I guess. Yeah. Insensitive
0: dialogue to Electric Boogaloo coming up here because then they start speculating that the Friends had something to do with all of this.
3: Yeah, like, really weird, 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 weird stuff. Like, maybe you could have made that argument if they had survived, but, yeah. like, everybody in this story that's been introduced up to this point dies.
1: Yeah, they're saying, like, uh, they're, they're having this dialogue about, like, well, you're introducing all these people into the house. You must have brought Charlie in here, and it's your fault. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ.
3: <laughs> yeah, like, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, because she, she ends up... Th- She has like an envelope Or she goes and finds like an area Where there's like a bunch of envelopes from Charlie And she's all like Oh how do you explain these And they're like Oh it's been happening a few times And they're like We were hiding them from you Because we didn't want to stress you out (laughs) And in in the logic of the movie If that happened You would be calling the police Absolutely Right (laughs) Like And then she even says like Why didn't you call the police Like what are we going to do For writing to a tenant That no longer lives here No no that's a different that's a different kettle of fish yeah, like absolutely. also it, he says for receiving
0: mail for a tenant who doesn't live here no, no. for trespassing yeah. and harassment
3: like you live in a gated celebrity drive and somebody's managing to get in there and leave things like that's a good reason to call the cops like the entire reason why you live in a gated community <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> uh they they have uh they have worse security than fucking Devin Sawa on the fanatic <laughs> <laughs> right uh, Amanda you should see the fanatic I have oh you have I have I'm working on a video for oh, it right now oh so. so good <laughs> yeah. um, so at this at this moment after they have their argument uh, Sharon goes to see Stephen Parent to have a heart to heart because I don't know reasons and <laughs> but she does she does have a question for him though she asks him uh, how a, a record player would suddenly turn on by itself because that happens as well mm-hmm. um, with that Charlie Manson song yeah. And
0: uh, But no, but that's the thing. It did it in her dream. Yeah. In her yeah. dream.
3: That's what I mean. That's like there's the logic of this movie kind of jumps around and it's almost like maybe he decided later on it was gonna be a premonition that's <laughs> something that was actually happening.
0: Because <laughs> it
3: is like it becomes the haunting of Sharon Tate, but it actually is more like the the pose- not even the possession, like the, the,
1: the premonition. Premonition of, of Sharon Tate, of Sharon it, Tate it, is yeah, what it actually yeah. ends up being. Um and then and then like I wrote down though this setup is almost like how a porno would start because she walks up to him and he's got like no shirt on. He's working on his car we and comes back
3: into the trailer, Mrs. Tate. Yeah.
1: Oh, you need me to? You need help with your ham radio?
0: <laughs> yeah. And then she plays it, uh, and he's like, "Oh, there's backmasking on it," mm. which is horseshit,
1: hundred percent horseshit. That was just a thing that was made up, right? I don't think that ever legitimately happened. No. Nope. No. Um, I also I have to I have to discredit the uh, the the writing of this scene for uh, for this exchange when he goes.
0: I guess I enjoy figuring out
1: how stuff works.
2: Well keep it up, and you may become a world famous inventor one day.
1: What me? Yeah. Nah. I'm just a kid from El
0: Monte who works part time in a stereo store to save up enough money for college.
2: And I'm just a girl from Dallas whose military dad moved the family every few years and never had any friends.
1: Yeah, but look what you became. A world-famous movie star. (laughs) Hardly world-famous. Well, you are to me. Like, thanks for telling us what we didn't need to know. That's literally, like, the description of the characters. (laughs) Yeah, it's like they just read, like, the log line for each character. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And he starts giving the old, uh... He also starts giving the old tinfoil hat when he's explaining the backmasking about how it wasn't the bands that were doing, that it was corporate America, and they were going to control us, so we get all just be just sheep who just blindlessly consume. It's like, okay, Steve, all right, knock it off.
1: Yeah, I, I wrote
0: down, is this the director speaking? <laughs> I feel... I feel this is a peer, a peek into his uh, psyche, mm-hmm. not unlike the fanatic, <laughs> not unlike
1: Fred Durst speaking through Devon Sala. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I will reference that movie till my dying days. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he yeah he has that tinfoil hat rant, and then he starts talking about how he starts talking about the backmasking bullshit, uh, helter skelter, and and et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. And they get a the next thing he they get a call from Charles Manson. Yeah, he calls and he says you're gonna die. We don't yeah. hear him say that, but no. that's what he tells Sharon. He no, he calls and then Stephen's like, I think it's for you. Which I want to hear the first part of that conversation where he's like, you're gonna die. Um, speaking. Oh, <laughs> I think it's for you. Is this Sharon? No, hold on. <laughs> it's for you.
3: <laughs> what did he say? You're <laughs> <we're> gonna die. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thought I'd hand him over, <laughs> pass the buck. Yeah, I'm young. I don't want to deal with this. I'm just, so, a, I'm just a guy from El Monte. Yeah,
0: just saving We're, money for college. <laughs> We're going to the stereo store. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is the next. Is where they get they used the real wedding footage, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah, is. It is. Cause she's and like, I, I, might have a note here. <laughs> ghouls, just fucking ghouls.
1: Yeah, using real footage. Which is disrespectful, and also again points out how she looks nothing like Sharon Tate. Yeah, <laughs> I almost wish I had no knowledge of the Manson murders somehow. It'd be almost impossible now. Yeah. But just watching this movie because my note would literally be like, "What is this flashback? Who are they? <laughs> Who are, these are these her parents? Like, yeah. <laughs> why does she have her mom's wedding dress?" And then finally, uh, well, Roman calls. Yeah, and we don't hear the other side of the phone call either,
3: because no. that would be too far.
1: Yeah, that would be, you don't. We don't want to offend Roman Polanski. Kidding, so we can't he's having listen. a nice, quiet life overseas. <laughs> he's yeah. trying to get back in the good graces of the Academy. <laughs> we're all pulling for him here. What were they thinking? I'm just joking. Fuck, delete that. <laughs> not, delete. <laughs> but yeah, she does get a call from Roman, and uh, she's all like, "We well, need to leave the house right now. Charlie Manson, and he's got followers, and." I think she only ever calls him Charlie. I don't even think she says Manson, but she's like, this guy named Charlie, and he's got people around the house, and I'm going to run the bathtub now, and then, oh, look, she's running the bathtub, and suddenly it turns into blood. What?
3: Ooh, I love it when movies do that.
1: <laughs> um, and then, like, the phone goes dead. Helter Skelter appears written on the wall. She finds everyone dead, and guess what? Just another premonition.
3: Yeah. You know it's she- coming
1: laid down
0: and went to sleep in steven's trailer for some reason yeah she's braver than most (laughs) and he says well you know you you said you didn't want to go back to the
1: house and you just wanted to lay down (laughs) and then she's like oh i think i'm gonna have the baby because you know she's what eight months pregnant and that's what happened yeah she definitely was about to deliver when uh, Mm -hmm. you know they came over um and then you know Steven's like oh, okay I'm going to go for help uh oh the phone line's dead <gasps> just like the premonition
0: yeah
1: um I wonder if her in her premonition uh
0: Steven's tail like, didn't work in one shot and then totally worked in another
1: <laughs> I didn't even know didn't even pick up on that yeah. but I love it yeah so her premonition had continuity issues it did it did Well actually that's not even the
0: the, the that's not the premonition because that's this the whole, this, all this stuff is what
1: really is happening next, right? All right. Yeah. yeah um. And then the stupid, the stupidest thing about this is like he's supposed to be this like mechanical genius, and he gets in his car and it just doesn't start. Because well, he's horror- been working on it. Yeah, but I mean, it's like it's like that horror thing where the car doesn't start. But this is one of the most egregious. Like, why, why, yes. why wouldn't it start? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um. But he finally, uh, he get he gets it going. And uh, Sharon gets in the car with him, and then yeah, they they try to leave, and then they get they can't. Yeah, they see cause... like Tex and the two girls. I think was there only three of them. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, they see them, and then uh, back, they they end up backing up into the fence and running out. Um, which re- like
3: when you're in a car, <laughs> you're in a little bit of a you have an advantage over the people that are on foot. Yeah. <laughs> no. Sure Thing yeah. is,
0: they see he has like. These are clearly people who are meaning them hard. Yeah, and so you run them on. over. Yes, thank you. You thank run them you. over. You're but in a car. He's, he's driving a, a '60s Mustang. That thing would plow through them yeah. and probably the little car that they were driving, and they would just drive on down to Tremonte or whatever
1: and call the cops. This and I, I wrote down too. I'm really loving this ear ringing sound effect that went on for about ten minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I Okay it, It's I don't care for it in general But I get it when it's like In a war movie And a bomb goes off Like next to someone's ear Or whatever Or mm-hmm. a bullet But in this movie It made no sense It's like <laughs> why Why throw this in yeah, here Yeah why do they
3: have tinnitus From like hitting a fence Yeah <laughs> You know
0: So they 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 hightail it back to the house And uh They're like Quick Lock all the doors And I'm like "Do you want the ones that are just Literally
1: swinging windows <laughs> oh and at this point we um, I wrote down that uh, I now know why the two Manson girls weren't given that much dialogue earlier because they are terrible they start <laughs> singing this little pigs little pigs let us in or yeah. we'll huff and we'll puff and we'll blow your house in which they say what five times or something yeah something it's, like it's that yeah. yeah yeah. and I really wanted Sharon Tate to be like not by the hair of my chinny chin chin I was <laughs> <laughs> like that would have that would have like just that would have just sealed the deal right yeah, exactly. there <laughs> <laughs> Deborah Tay would have been like, uh, and that chinny-chin-chin chin thing, that was the worst part. <laughs> the worst part. <laughs> but they all make it into the house, except for Jay Sebring, who just leaves the door wide open. <laughs> but the, the window, the the doors are just giant
0: windows. Blocking them serves no purpose. Uh-huh. All they need to do is
1: huck a lawn chair through it, and they're in the house. And if we're going with the premise, now I understand the real thing, it was completely unexpected and mm-hmm. everyone got, you know, brutally murdered. But if we're going with the premise where everyone is now aware, there's only three of them. And there's what? One, two, three, four, five? Five. So, I mean, if we're going with the premise that they know now that these people are coming in, they are at a extreme advantage.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Right? Right. Yeah. They're all well-bodied people. I mean, you know, Sharon is, yeah. a little, is obviously, she can't do it that much, but. But it, there's still four unpregnant people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Jay, I mean, Jay Sebring's like a big dude, like, the you got Void Check and. Uh, yeah, he's in pretty good shape. Yeah. He I don't think he
3: was in real life, though.
1: <laughs> oh, the real Jay Sebring?
3: Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, it's not that he was in bad shape, but he was just kind of like a smaller guy.
1: Oh, okay. I was gonna say he uh, he knows he knows how to deal. He he dated Lindsay Lohan and Mean Girls, so mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's a that's an accomplishment in itself. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the family makes their way in and they start tying everyone up. Oh yeah, Jay Sebring was even shorter than Sharon Tate.
3: Yeah, they even comment on that in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that she has a type.
1: Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. they the more accurate representation, which still changes history.
3: Mm-hmm. It's. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Yeah,
1: but the family have everyone tied up and uh, and, you know, Sharon is like, oh, this is this is what I saw in my premonition. Um, And then things
0: take a drastic turn. Yeah, because it doesn't play out like it
1: did in realsies. No, she manages to uh, stab Tex with a pen knife. Mm hmm. Abigail, or uh, you know, Coffee Girl, manages to smash a girl's head off the uh, off her namesake table, mm-hmm. um, yes. <laughs> killing her. Uh, Steven, meanwhile, is starting to try to put the radio together so he can call for help. Yep. And the other Manson lady is just like walking around the house, runs into void check boy <laughs> kills her by smashing her in the face with the back of a toilet yeah. just toilet lids her it's great which how did that knock knock her unconscious immediately
3: yeah like 100% that been
1: like- she was just like oh i'm still up i'm still <laughs> up on my feet
0: <laughs> uh, and then why was there water in the tub because
1: he drowns her uh, i
3: wasn't sharon drawing a Bath at one point. I think it's
1: from the blood bath that she. Yeah, makes. and then she's just
3: like, oh, and then she runs away.
1: But but wasn't that a but premonition? That was a premonition, right? Yeah. Maybe Charlie got there early, took a bath <laughs> to get cleaned up before the big attack. Oh yeah, because that's what Charles
0: on. Manson's known for being tidy and well kept. His mm-hmm. hygiene and sanity. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they. um he, yeah, he kills the man's girl by drowning her in the bathtub after he's already smashed her in the face with the back of the toilet, which should have killed her. Mm-hmm. Um, then the rest of the survivors, like, which is everyone, they're in the uh, they're in the trailer at this point while Tex by was by himself. So I don't know, again, why everyone is, like, huddled up from this one guy. Granted, he has a gun, yeah. but, like, I don't know. Anyway, he makes his way in. Uh, he can't find anyone. He's walking around and then Steven is there and he smashes texts with a shovel. Uh, bef- right before he does that, he yells, Hey asshole. <laughs> oh, he does. He goes to the Patrick Swayze school of attacking people. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Which did not work out for him one of two times. No, did not work out well for Pat at all. Nope. Nope. Um, and he, the way he's hitting him with the shovel, it looks like the fakest thing ever. Did you notice how, like, he was hitting mm. him and it didn't even look like he was coming down with any force? Like
3: Probably because they didn't have, like, the technical people on staff to, like, show them how to do it in a way that you wouldn't actually kill somebody, so... <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, even when he, like, bashes him in the head at the end and the blood comes out, it just looks like he's like, tap! <laughs> 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 Dippity tap on the noggin. Um, and he starts gushing and then... Sharon Tate shows up and does a big horror finale thing where she gets to kill the bad guy. And she goes, fuck you. Bang. In the head. Fuck her. Fuck her. Fuck off. Fuck her. Fuck her. That's right. So she goes
0: from being a murder victim to being a murder victor. What what was that? What was that thing you were saying earlier, Amanda?
1: Empower.
3: Empower. Power to the victims. (laughs) Giving power back to the victims. That's
1: right. That's what so, they did. And that's I mean, how it ends, right? There's nothing else no, after that. because then
3: they no. ruin it. Yeah. And God well... They literally yeah. called it out earlier in the movie. Yeah. They were like... There's every, like, limitless possibilities of what you can do, but everything just ends up the same anyways. Mm-hmm. He literally mm-hmm. says it in, like, the first ten minutes of the damn movie. Yep. So
0: See, it- I didn't know. I thought this was, uh, they had changed the title because I thought it was originally entitled uh, Into the Sharon Verse." <laughs> <laughs> like, it was a multiverse-type
1: situation. So it was like, yeah. spy- like, uh, Sharonham. and. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that'd be great. Uh, But alas, it is not. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, Because the survivors all walk in slow motion, hilariously. Yes. And then they go back to the house where the cops are, and there's all these bodies out in the front lawn. You're like, oh, there's the Manson family, because this is like alternate history. But no! (laughs) No. It's them.
3: And then they're (sighs) smiling while they look at their dead bodies, and they feel so happy that they change their fate as they walk off into death, or do we understand that they've just been in... This is like their, their endless cycle of purgatory, where they have to try to trump the people who murdered them for eternity.
1: The ghosts
0: now?
3: I, that's what I'm saying. I just
1: wrote that the big twist in this movie is that the real-life murders happened. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Like that's... The the twist is that the alternate history was incorrect, which we all knew <laughs> when yeah. it happened. And, and yeah. I would like
3: to say that around this point, when we get the slow motion, he... Is He doesn't understand. He basically makes slow motion the same way they did back in the day when they didn't have the ability to film things at higher frame rates. Yeah, he
1: just takes frames out.
3: Yeah, well, it's not even that. So it's like they're clearly shooting in like 24. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually if you want to make something slow motion, you have to film it at a higher frame rate. You have to film it at like 60 or 120, and then you have more frames to work with so that it's fluid when you slow it down. They just don't do that. They just slow down their 24 FPS timeline. So it's like... Chuck, chuck, chuck,
1: it, chuck, it, chuck. It, looks, it looks like... Television slow motion from the nineties.
3: Yeah, because of the nineties they obviously weren't spending money to like give yeah. them the ability to film certain areas in, yeah. in higher frame
1: rates. Yeah. That's bullshit. Um I just so, have Ug this movie. Yeah, yeah Ug this movie. Fuck this movie with the sharpest, longest <laughs> pole. Um it does uh, it does end though with a quote where Sharon Tate says
2: I guess you could say I live in a fairy tale world. Looking at everything through rose-colored glasses, I probably always will.
1: <sighs> wow, guys, that that is that hit that hits you. It hits you hard. Yeah. Um, I, I, I <laughs> we get that's record time that we got through that movie, by the way, and that's because this movie, as horrible as it is. Nothing happens. Yes, yeah, nothing happens. No, they... because it's mostly walking around, talking, and drone shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the murders. And then, like, what, five premonitions of, like, the same thing almost ever, yeah, over every and over again? every single time. Like, th- yeah. the very, this movie is the very definition of filler, no killer. Except <laughs> yeah. for the last ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, of course, I will ask, even though this is kind of a rhetorical question, uh, Amanda... Would you recommend this movie?
3: No, absolutely not. There's tons of horrible movies I would recommend every day of the week, and this is not one of them.
1: (laughs) This is unwatchable. Yeah, basically. Nathan. Not in the least. (laughs) Not even a little bit, eh? Nope. Um, I actually, I, I was inspired to write my uh, my response um, akin to uh, one of my favorite movie speeches, and this is addressed to Mr. Daniel Ferrans. And then I ha- kind of have <laughs> a. Is it
3: Ferrans or Farans? You know
1: what? I don't care enough to find We're out. You're making
3: it sound fancier than it actually is. Well,
1: then I'll say Danielle Ferrans. <laughs> Quit churching it up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, this is, uh, one of my favorite, uh, movie speeches, just kind of rewrote, re- it to address Mr. Ferrans, And then I kind of have a little bit of a revelation at the end, which might be controversial. So here we go. <clears throat> Mr. Ferrans, what you've just made is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever seen. And no point in this rambling, incoherent <laughs> film were you even close to anything that could be considered <laughs> a coherent film. Everyone on this podcast is now dumber for having watched it. I award you zero stars, and may God have mercy on your soul. And Nathan, I'm gonna unleash this, and okay. it's gonna be controversial. Worse than postal.
0: Uh, that's a bridge too far for me. I,
1: I I I'm I stand by it for me. Okay, okay, that's it's, fine. It's it's just, and it's not by a lot. Yeah, but there's just something about this movie that just pushes it over the edge. Maybe the fact that it uh, was—I don't want to give praise to Postal, but this is like there's so much filler that at the very least, Postal was no, no, I'm not even going to. It's at least Postal
0: had Dave Foley's
1: penis. Postal had Dave Foley's penis (laughs) and uh, J.K. Simmons, so that automatically puts it up higher. Cause I don't think there is one single redeeming quality of this movie. No, I don't think so. I can't think of a single one. And uh. it's 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 just like it, it just turns into exploitation horror at the end, which is fine if it was about anyone else. Like a fake character mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't exist in real life.
3: I'd even be happier if he like committed to that. If he was just like, I don't care, they're dead. I'm just making this movie because I want to make it. But to actually think that he's doing something oh. like good
1: yeah, that's that, ridiculous. That makes it even worse because <laughs> this movie is so sure of itself as like a great film,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like it does. It takes itself super seriously.
0: Yes, yes but again, I I feel for me, anyways, it's it's not worse than Postal.
1: Uh, hey, you know what? I said it was gonna be controversial, but I, I'm okay. I'm standing by it. it so took,
0: now we are a house divided. <laughs> we <laughs> are.
1: It took what a year and a half <laughs> for me to find something worse, and I think I have. Okay. Um, This was the drizzling (laughs) shits So That being said We're going to take a brief break now And we'll be right back What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. What Were They Thinking? And we're back. Yes, we are. Well, guys, it's time to uh, get uh, get down to brass tacks. Hmm. Correct. Oh, I thought the brass tacks was uh, appetizing. No, no. Okay, okay. Just
0: taking it low and slow.
1: Uh, Nathan, what are we doing right now?
0: We've got our best MPR voices on because
1: it's time for the low haiku. Yes, the low haiku. 17 beautiful syllables to break down the horrific mess that we just unpacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amanda, as our guest, would you like to start off with your haiku? Sure.
3: Wait, what, how many syllables did you say it was?
1: Seventeen. Is it seventeen? Five, five, seven, seven five. five. Oh, I did seven, five, seven. That's okay. I messed up.
3: Okay, this it's is okay. my just do it. My bad haiku that I just came up with as your... I entered this home to film this podcast. This home. <clears throat> Power back to the victims. I don't think so, Dan. Your entire career is a sham.
1: Ooh. Extra points because you did rhyme it. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Exploitative shit. Deborah Tate should be angry. It's worse than Postal.
0: We'll have to agree to disagree on this one.
1: That's fine. I respect your uh, opinion on Postal. <laughs> okay. um
0: i just want to let you know um i'm not writing one this movie's just not worth it oh crap i wrote one (laughs) you tricked yourself (laughs)
1: sly pooch sly sly pooch oh boy so before we get to the next section of the podcast amanda has something she would like to inform us of Oh, a tidbit! That's interesting. It's an interesting tidbit.
3: Um, yeah. Oh. So this director um, mm-hmm. originally started his career by making some like pretty good documentaries about horror movies.
2: Okay. And then
3: somehow flipped his career into making this horseshit <laughs> to try to give power back to victims. <laughs>
1: Ugh, that's, well, the, that's the tagline. It is.
3: That's the tagline. But like, he'll. The thing is, is he always uses actual like. Footage that could potentially trick some people into thinking that there's some kind of, like, biopic documentary aspect to the drivel that he's trying to make. And I just don't understand how someone who can actually weave together enough of a documentary based on things that aren't real can create such exploitative bullshit about things that are real. I don't get it.
0: I was really hoping that that was going to be like, you know, he started his career out making some really good pornography. (laughs) And then... Some <laughs> of my favorite stars.
3: You <laughs> do not want to know what his original plans for Sharon Tate were.
1: Oh, Sharon Tate? zing, <laughs> Nailed it. Good lord. Ah, still not worse than anything he did. <laughs> oh, Nathan. We, uh, we, all, we all talked about this, uh, this horrific thing. But yep. what, do, what do we always say? Well, you know, we always say... That's right, but you know what? You should, because... Absolutely take our word for it. fucking terrible. Well, uh, you can take our word for it, because we seem to be right in line
0: with the folks on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, the critics say 6%. I have 19 Yeah,
1: here. I have 19. Oh, am I looking at the wrong thing? Somehow. Okay. 6
3: is accurate, 6 is apt.
1: <laughs> okay, what is... The, okay, my bad. So the critics say 19%. What is the audience at?
3: 33. 33
1: Yeah okay so I did get that right I might have wrote I might have had 6% written down uh, Still from uh, A movie we, From uh, the Fanatic I think Okay But yeah so 19 and 33 33 Yeah okay That's generous that, Those are some There are some fucking Fabricated reviews From Mr. Ferran's IP address in there
3: <laughs> We're just like kids That are like This we be great <laughs> doing?
1: <you> <laughs> That's how you make horror
3: Yeah uh, actually, I thought one of the ones I, I could read for this Rotten Tomato review would actually be more interesting to look at some of the people who actually had positive things to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeff York, who is a creative screenwriter.
1: That, that's the. That's, wait, that's one Are of the He's critics? from creative screen it's writing. From, it's from a critic. <laughs> okay.
3: Yeah, creative screen writing. Yeah. Is what I meant to say. <laughs> Fairens has created a small miracle in the true crime genre, a horror tale that is eminently more moving than terrifying.
1: Wow, what who
3: sucked mean? your dick?
0: <laughs> True crime?
1: No, 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 no. I think we know the answer to that is Daniel Ferrans. Yeah, um, this one is not so nice. This is from Sheila O'Malley at RogerEbert.com. She says the film is appalling from start to finish. <laughs> um, well, Eric Estrada?
0: But oh. Not that, but not that Eric oh. Estrada. <laughs> Not you're uh, like, not as good
1: as chips. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he wrote, uh I can't really find any benefit or quality in this movie. <laughs> yeah, accurate. Mm-hmm.
3: I'm I'm just gonna keep up with the positive one yeah, because do it. I find those infinitely more interesting.
0: Yeah. Okay. Kristen well, Lopez It'll it'll s- give a counterpoint to us.
3: Exactly. Uh, Kristen Lopez from Citizen Dame. <laughs> 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 the haunting of Sharon Tate is certainly never boring. That- and- <laughs> Except, yeah, and is a sure. cathartic tale of revenge that doesn't feel as exploitative as you feared it might.
0: What? I'm what? sure she's not confusing this with Once
1: Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. I feel
0: like she must be.
1: Um, William Bibbiani of The Wrap says, It's far too early to call this the worst movie of the year, but if it's not, it's going to be a rough 2019. <laughs> Uh,
0: Luke Whiston mm. from theshiznit.co.uk. Good lord. Woo. <laughs> it says, It's a shame, Spore, all the way down to the bottom of a barrel. You can make your own Elter Skelter jokes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, Patrick King from Cultured Vultures. Really, the last thing I expected when I started watching this movie was a metaphysical exploration of the idea of parallel realities by way of a low-budget exploitation film. But that's what I got, and I very much enjoyed the experience. <laughs> wow, <laughs> this is so
1: great. Um, okay, I have, I have one more. This is actually it. This is I have one more. This is actually a positive review. Um, John Higgins from Starburst <laughs> says, <laughs> The fruit snack." <laughs> Maintained its flavor For a long time No it says uh, Ultimately the film Rises and falls On the strength Of a strong Central performance From Duff They're
2: trying to kill My baby
1: (laughs) Amidst Some jarring moments Of horror and violence Yikes
0: Uh, I got one last one Myself From Pat Padua From Spectrum Culture He writes Destined To become a VOD dare For the kind of Movie watcher Who likes To smell a carton of spoiled milk
1: out of curiosity. A.K.A. here's your movie for the podcast. (laughs)
2: Uh,
3: And I have one last one as well from Lori Kikta from Film Threat. Gave it a 9 out of 10. A 9 out of 10. Wait, you say
1: Lori Ferranz? Lori
3: (laughs) Kikta, not (laughs) Foran's. It will make all those who see The Haunting of Sharon Tate examine the Tate murders and maybe our own lives differently.
1: No, it won't. No, nope. nope. it will Rory. absolutely not.
3: What is wrong with you?
1: You're false. 9
3: out of 10.
1: All right, well now that we've read some of the critics, uh, I guess we should go into the uh the Oh, I'm really scared to go into this area for this movie. But <laughs> well, I don't know, 33, they seem to be in line with our thinking. Mhm. <laughs> the audience reviews, Nathan. Um I'm going to read this uh this first one here. This is a 5-star review from anonymous. They didn't leave a name for obvious yeah. reasons. Yeah, because they should be ashamed of themselves. (laughs) The feelings of helplessness and vulnerability, the play on alternate realities and destiny, question of fate and destiny, all made the film great. I think this movie was better than some big screen films this year. I honestly do not understand the bad reviews. Makes me wonder if someone purposely sabotaged the film. Great job, Hill! So like this person
0: feels that they're on a a, a nickname basis with Hillary Duff. Yeah.
1: Yep. Okay. They're bros. Uh,
3: I got one from Luke D with a three and a half star review. Uh, it's pretty simple to the point. Yes. Good job, Hillary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I to keep in line with your guys' five star and three star ratings, Arthur H gave it a five star. Writes. Better than expected. Do not get carried away by criticism and put together your own judgment. It's a very good movie. Oh, no, sorry. It is very good movie.
1: <laughs> there, that makes more sense. Five stars. Um, I will read the one negative review that I wrote down here, just because I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, from Jack P., he gives it half a star. He says, a boring movie. Sharon Tate is having a bad dream, and then the killers come. <laughs>
3: Uh, We got one, Andrea D, five stars. I was shocked that Hillary was able to pull off the intense scenes and hype. She really nailed playing Sharon Tate. Didn't. The cinematography in this film is so beautiful. I think this film is more of a, and I just can't bring myself to click
1: on the rest of the video (laughs) because it's better to leave it to the imagination. This film is a what? (laughs) Leave it in the comments. Disaster piece. (laughs)
3: Exactly.
0: Uh, I've got Linda S. here, one star She writes, what a disservice to the deaths of so many
1: Odd review, odd, (laughs) odd review Uh, Five star review from reviewer Um, says, uh, having researched the Manson murders and the Manson family, I can say that the film is a great addition to the Manson movie collections. I enjoyed that the film is based around the interview Sharon gave years before her death. Beautiful ending slash tribute to the victims. Watch the film with an open mind and you'll be all right. Five stars. No, no. 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 (laughs) What is this open mind bullshit? Like it's.
3: (laughs) Like, what are you supposed to be open to?
1: I'm open to a horrible movie. Watch it like that and you'll enjoy it. Ugh. Uh, I, well, I got a real- Wait, I got oh, one. go ahead. Sorry. Yep.
3: Half a star. Victor. Watching this dog of a movie, I wanted to slip the rope over my neck like the one Sebring and Tate were hanged
0: with. Oh my
1: god. Holy, Holy shit. shit. Victor.
3: Victor.
0: <laughs> oh. Ugh. Well, McK- Mackenzie A is um, a little less dark. Okay. <laughs> one star, and I feel they cut right to the right, right to the core of it. The people involved in this film should be
1: embarrassed. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. Exactly.
3: Absolutely. One star.
1: <laughs> um, All right, I've got two more. I think. Okay, here's my next one. Uh, five stars from Lilu S. Hillary did a magnificent job. I feel like most of the negative criticism the movie has got is be- it's because these characters were real people brutally murdered. Otherwise, the movie wouldn't be tagged as insensitive. But I'm actually <laughs> proud of Hillary for doing this movie and stepping out of her comfort I zone. Lydia Hearst, <laughs> <laughs> Lydia Hearst, Tyler Johnson, and Ryan Cargill did a good job too. It's a great movie. Oh yeah. Lydia Hearst. Oh is, yeah, we didn't even mention. Her. <laughs> yeah, we didn't mention
3: yeah, the Lydia. She's Hirst.
0: like great granddaughter of, uh, uh, like the legit, Patty Hearst, uh, right? Well, no, daughter to Patty Hearst. Yeah. Uh, this
1: so would be granddaughter to William Randolph Hearst. And that little bit of casting is a little wink, wink to the audience, because she plays an heiress to the Folger Company. Eh? Uh-huh. Yeah. Daniel yeah. Farron's. I see you. Get out of my way.
3: Uh, no name review. Five stars. Very entertaining movie with unexpected end. (laughs) What do you mean?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nathan, you got any more over there? I do. I have one from Colin S. It's a half star. And I feel that Colin's priorities are a little out of whack here. Oh, boy. Possibly the worst film I've ever seen. I can't imagine what Roman Polanski would think of this absolute car (laughs) crash of a movie. Hmm... (laughs) Um, <laughs> I don't care what he yeah, thinks. Nope.
1: <laughs> Nor should you call an S.
0: <laughs>
1: call an S. God damn it. All right, I've got one more. From Kevin F, five stars, I was actually very surprised that the movie was so good. The acting was on point, the drama was good. The ending was a twist I did not see coming. I definitely <laughs> recommend this to any horror fan, five stars. He didn't see the murder you coming? No, he didn't see, see the, the real life twist coming. Oh my God. Okay. I can't. Oh, all right. I think we we got we nailed that one. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Again, this is record time because there is no plot. So. <laughs> There's nothing here. Uh Amanda Thank you very much no, for thank you. bringing this movie to my attention. No problem. Uh, and joining <laughs> us for this episode, you have did a, this to us. <laughs> <laughs> you have a YouTube channel. You're a CNN star. Go I ahead, plug uh, your stuff.
3: Yeah, so you can find me on uh, YouTube, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all those places at Amanda the Jedi. Uh, you can even follow me on Letterboxd if you like reading reviews and stuff. There, also Amanda the Jedi.
1: And you can check out her five-star review of The Haunting of Sharon Tate.
3: You can, yes. And his follow-up movie, The Murder of Nicole Brown Simpson.
1: Oh, coming soon, Nathan. Coming soon. Please, must we? <laughs> Maybe. It's got
3: Minasubari.
1: Yeah, there you go. It's got American Beauty in it. Wait, that sounds nope. like I'm referring to Kevin Spacey. <laughs> That's not, yeah. <laughs> nope. Wouldn't that be wild? If he made that movie, like, this year and he put Kevin Spacey in it <laughs> as O.J.? <laughs> No, all the budget gives him, him really, a real, real chance to flex his
0: acting chops. <laughs> yeah, he's like, guys, everyone's too scared to put him in a movie. Look what I did. We <laughs> <I didn't laughs> put him I mean, in a movie okay. and in blackface. Oh my
1: god! Oh, I thought he was over before. Uh, who's financing this? All right. Oh well, uh, we should uh, we should talk about what's coming up next week. Uh, this is uh, this is your uh, well not your pick, Nathan. This is actually Patty's pick. Yep. So why don't you give us a little hintaroo as to what she's given us? Hello. <sighs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, maybe I should hold my uh, postal comments for next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I well. don't know.
0: You know, the last one didn't get it. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's going to be next week, then, so that's what we're doing. Uh, but until That's then, future Brendan's problem. Yeah. <laughs> fuck him. Asshole. What a piece of shit. I hear you, future Brendan, editing this episode. What's the matter? Yeah, you, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> All right, well, Nathan, uh, is Montrose Monkington around to spread some joy after we went through this together? Yes, he absolutely is. Oh, thank God. Moment, let me
0: get him in here. <clears throat> Hello! It's your good friend Montrose Munkington the third here, and you chaps really, really took it on the chin this month, didn't you?
3: <sighs> took it into
0: something. So many, so many regrets. Now, oh, be careful there, young lady. I am British, so no sex, thank you. <laughs> I am Montrose Monkington III, and uh, you can find far superior videos uh, than The Haunting of Sharon Tate on my YouTube channel, Montrose Monkington TV. Uh, and you can also be friends with me on Facebook uh, at the group Montrose Munkington the Third Esquire and friends. And then finally, if you would like to tweet at me or tweet at me or however it's said, on uh, can, yes, tweet on the Twitter. Yes, twit on the Twitter, as it were. Uh, you can find me at Montrose the Third. That's the number three R uh, D.
1: Thank you. More later. Thank you, Montrose. You're welcome. Uh okay. Well and uh, you can also uh you can also find us all over all over the place. We're on all the podcatchers. Podbean. <coughs> Don't know what happened. Not unlike this movie. We were just all over the place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <coughs> I feel like yeah, we've we are in more places than the amount of theaters this movie played at. Um, <laughs> Podbean, Apple podcast Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Uh you can find us on Facebook, just search for what were they thinking. We are on Twitter and Instagram at WWTT Podcast. We're on Patreon, patreon.com slash WWTT Podcast. You can sign up for some cool things like being on the show, picking the movie, you know, put us through hell or reward us. The choice is yours. Uh, <laughs> pick The Haunting of Sharon Tate too. Yes. Electric tate a so, you,
0: you, you could You could be an
1: Erica or you could be a, a Luke. Yeah, you could be a Biker Boys or a... What did he give us? Oh. oh. No, she gave us Brain Scan. Oh, right. Yeah. Biker Boys is the episode that she was on. Yeah. So you can be a Brain Scan or a Postal. Yeah. yeah. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. <laughs> you only can pick
0: between those two movies, though. No, no. It's just, you can either be one or the other as far as... You can either be a hero or a villain. <laughs> no, it's just those two. We're just going to redo one of them. (laughs) No, no, we're not. Don't put that out there. (laughs) Postal special edition episode. No, it it, it does not deserve the
1: reverence that Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park got. (laughs) You're right. That is uh, Lawrence of Arabia compared to uh, Postal. Damn right. So, yeah, we're out there. Find us. I want to. Goddamn uh, right, we're out there. <laughs> before you, uh, before you ask us, uh, ask your uh, regular questions there, Nathan. I do mm-hmm. want to uh, thank Amanda again. Thank you for joining us, giving us this movie, uh, <laughs> suggesting it, putting it out there into the world. Uh, thank you. You're
3: welcome.
1: <laughs> so, Nathan, mm-hmm. you got any questions? Well, I do.
0: I mean. I mean, in a movie where the director is seeking to give the power back to the victims, <laughs>
2: yes, and he
0: course. and he posits the idea that uh, there is a Sharon Tate multiverse, a Sharon verse, if you will. Yeah, yeah, Sharon Ham. Yeah, right. Or oh, and in a movie where they have the most insensitive dialogue considering what really happened and, and, and in the movie where they can't even cast a height-appropriate person to be Jay Sebring I just have to know shoot what were they thinking?
2: Trees swaying in the summer breeze showing off their silver leaves as we walked by Soft kisses on a summer's day Laughing all our cares away Just you and I Sweet sleepy warmth of summer nights Gazing at the distant lights In the starry sky They say that all good things must end someday, autumn leaves must fall, but don't you know that it hurts me so to say goodbye to you? I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. And, and we, we make, make up, up the Cutaways, Cutaways Podcast. We're watching the
3: good, the bad, and the essentials of the romantic comedy genre.
2: So far, we've fallen in love with Cary Grant, met up with our terrible friend, pal Joey, and had the desire to run our fingers through Patrick Dempsey's hair.
3: Join our slumber party for your ears every other week brought to you in stereo from our blanket fort in hollywood california
2: you can find and subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, stitcher or your favorite podcatcher our digital blanket fort can be found at thecutaways.com if you are the social butterfly types you can
3: also find us on twitter facebook and instagram as at cutaways podcast bye
2: it's It's, late, it's it time. It let's, it's time it's let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple, couple brews, baby. We, we love your movies. <laughs> we love the bad ones too. So we watch them all and pass their ooh, lessons on to you. Ooh, oh yeah. Span up and up and up and ounce. Everything I learned from movies. Helps to make life a little bit groovy. With the one last black holes I could do a spoon It's time to get busy with your friend Steven at eilfm.podbean.com